0: Hi there and welcome along to the Jazznet podcast, the totally independent Rangers show which is made by fans for fans where all of our content is absolutely free and as always you'll know by now that it's not just the free podcast that we have here at Jazznet, but if you head over to our website at www.jazznet.co.uk You can find a whole host of uh, really, really great content and and excellent material there, including a very friendly discussion forum, plenty of articles, uh, a history archive, match previews, match reviews, all sorts of good stuff. So please do head over to the website and have a look at that. There's no sort of fancy bells and whistles on this pod. There's no graphics, no uh, nice theme tunes and intros and outros or anything like that, because uh, Frankie's away uh, doing whatever he does on a Tuesday night. So it's just myself and Alec uh, to have a wee look ahead at tomorrow's, uh, I would say crucial, but given how crap St. Johnston have been this season. Uh, It doesn't feel all that crucial. But tomorrow's uh, home tie against St. Johnston, we'll also have a wee look at the uh, Europa League draw, which was made yesterday. If you're new to the pod, then thank you so much for joining us. Um, It's just gone nine o'clock on Tuesday, the 14th of December. If you're joining us live, then thank you so much for, for giving us your Tuesday evening. As always, the podcast is available for downloads uh, wherever you get your podcast from, and that is including Acast, YouTube, iTunes, Castbox, Stitcher, and also on Spotify. Um, fabulous. Right. I think I've managed to set everything up properly. I think we're recording. I think we're going live. It seems to be going live on my YouTube here anyway, so I think that's a good point to bring in Alex Anderson. Alex, is there a better man to talk about a tie such as Rangers versus Borussia Dortmund? Dean Duff, yeah, usually good. Yeah. Really
1: good stuff. So you should have got him on, you know, but you said no no fancy bells and whistles. So you needed somebody in, in line with that kind of setup, that kind of mise en scene. So yeah, you've got a super down to earth, grim, basics me. Yeah. And I just, I just want to thank you, Ross, It's, it's, it's uh, for taking the respite care for Colin. Colin usually looking after me um, in, on these pods, but
0: it's good of you to step in every now and then and, and give him a bit of rest, mate. How are you doing yourself? I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Um, the last time I was on this pod, as we were just sort of chatting about before we came live on air there, uh, last time I was on this show was, uh, what, 10 days ago on, on the main Sunday show, and I was bragging about my forthcoming trip to Leon <laughs> to watch Rangers play. Um, the next day, that all went a bit wrong. I we have to admit, Ross, th- things were said during that podcast
1: that, you know, if I, if I could take them back... I would take them back. I don't know what Stuart Weir saying for himself, but I definitely um, I wished bad on you through sheer yeah. jealousy about the fact I, I I wasn't going and I had no idea, mate, that the bad was going to happen. So official apology to you um, <laughs> for that. And uh, when I heard what happened, I was I was pretty devastated and also worrying if I'd ever be allowed back on a pod in your company, mate. But, no, uh, of course. No, that was her- absolutely horrific. Absolutely yeah. brutal. You was.
0: Know yeah, it, I mean, it certainly wasn't your fault unless you sort of moonlight as the French Minister of the Interior. Um, but, you know, yeah, so. it, it's just, it's just one, of those, one of those really unfortunate things that, for anyone who's not aware yet, uh, the, the tickets were revoked by the French authorities sort of Monday, Tuesday of, of last week um, for policing reasons, I think, due to this light festival. So I went in a huff cancelled my trains cancelled my airbnb tried to get some money back off that uh the next day they reinstated the tickets all my pals hadn't cancelled their hotels hadn't cancelled their trains they all still went i was in the group chats with them all seeing all the pictures of them at the pub um and i i took a rager for about three or four days didn't speak to anyone hated it but i'm back now it doesn't matter it doesn't matter because we know we know Rangers' fate in the playoff round of the Europa League. So it's a new it's sort of a new structure this year. Um, teams that finished second in their Europa League groups will be playing against the team who dropped down from the Champions League. Um, and Rangers have been given what could either be seen as the best draw possible and a very glamorous tie, or the worst draw possible and possibly the hardest team we could have got. Um, first things first. It, it's pretty much a Champions League. Last 16, it looks like, with some of the, the teams that have dropped out from the Champions League and some of the teams that have, that have come through from the Europa League. What did you make of the a, a strength of the teams we could have got?
1: Oh, yeah, it was, uh, it was absolutely smashing. You know, I mean, it's one of, I think we deserve this. I think uh, all the fans, you know, that's what was so horrible. But what happened to yourself? And be a lot, be thousands of other Rangers yeah. fans in the same situation last week. Trip to Leon is the least we deserve uh, for after everyone we've been through um, since 2012. And I think this is, again, when you're looking at the draw yesterday, You've got to get Barcelona. You could get Barcelona. And you're seeing the teams that we can't get. It's like Napoli and what I mean. It's, yeah. it's absolutely... This is uh, top-notch stuff, you know, and it feels like... You know, Dortmund, the first time I saw him in the flesh was in the Champions League, you know, um season before they actually won the thing. So this feels like, yeah, you know, it's it's, it's a fantastic kind of... Apart from anything else, apart from the intricacies of how we got on against them and, you know, it would be rather get somebody else or whatever, it's just a kind of, we're back moment. It's one of those, it's one, we've been getting more and more of them through Europe the past uh, few years, we have done under Stephen Gerrard, but they have Borussia Dortmund. Um, well, it literally feels that we're back because they are now, by the time they come to Ibrox, um, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm saying, you should have had Ian Duff on, he'll, he'll know these things. He's written books with these things. Um, better books than the ones I've tried to write with these things. Um I think this will be the first time we've ever played a club in ten competitive matches. We've met, we've met Bayern Munich, the team that are above, you know, uh, Dortmund, the only team above Dortmund in the Bundesliga at the moment. Uh, we've met them five times in Europe, and this is the fifth time we've met uh, Dortmund. I don't, we've not met anybody else as many as many times as that. But one of the games we played against Bayern, of course, was the nineteen sixty seven final of the Cup Winners' Cup. So that's that's one match. So if you want to break it down that way, this is actually it's always been home and away anytime we meet Dortmund. This is got the time they come to Ibex, it would the first club we've ever played 10 times um and it double figures in competitive European matches. And uh, that's quite a thing. It's also one of the reasons why Huffy Big Stupid Me was gutted when we drew Dortmund yesterday. The entire range of support on Twitter's gone, yes, this is magic. We've got Dortmund, but I've got this insane kind of oh, wacky football fans, what are we like? That's probably going to end up being a feature on a view from the terrace or something like that. But I, I like to see all European finalists, there's been 103 clubs have reached the finals, European uh, club finals. I've seen like 72 of them or something um, in the flesh. And uh, I was, well, we couldn't get anybody yesterday that I hadn't already seen, any European finalists that I hadn't already seen. But Dortmund, uh, the crazy thing was because time moves differently. When you're just ticking off football, it moves differently. I saw Dortmund in 95, 96 when we got into the Champions League. And I saw him the last time we played them in the 99-2000, uh, when he put us out in the 99-2000 UEFA Cup. Um, I remember us playing in the 82-83 UEFA Cup. That was just before I started going to European matches. Um, and I'll never forget, it was in the days of... We do 0-0 over in Dortmund. And we were going to, We are playing them at Ibrox. And this is the days, Ross, you will not remember this because um, you will not have been around. Um, but you would watch the game, the highlights that night. It wasn't on live. Nothing was on live, bar cup finals and internationals um and i didn't know the score for the second leg you know and i was resolved not to you know i was still a kid playing football outside and my next door neighbor come down big time never forget big Tam robertson saying to me are you watching it on sports scene or do you want to know the do you want to know the score i said no i don't want to know Tam, don't want to know i'm, I'm going to watch it on the telly the night you know it's just that's fine but you'll be pleased <laughs> thanks Tom <laughs> that's that's tremendous you know <laughs> even at 12 13 years or whatever I was then it was just like I think I've I think I've kind of worked out what happened there <laughs> but it was a night when uh, David Cooper scored one and set up the other for Derek Johnson with a right foot cross. A right foot cross from David Cooper. Absolutely smashing. And uh, yeah, it's, we've got a magical history with Dortmund. We played them also. I wasn't at that one, but we played them in the 66-67 60, 60, no, Cup Winners Cup as well was the first time we played them. Um, they were the holders. They'd won the thing at Hamden against Liverpool uh, it was their first ever European trophy. Um, and we put them out the following season on our way to the final to lose it to Bayern Munich. Um, Bayern Munich in Bavaria, in and, and Nuremberg. Uh, we lost that final and then Dortmund would go on and win their European Cup at Bayern Munich's ground. And this is all the kind of rabbit holes you can go down with these teams that you've played so often. But I, my, my, because of all this, my stupid reaction was, oh, no, them again. And it wasn't to of my mates said to me, what do you mean, again? We've well, we played them for 22 years. It's just like, well, to me, it's just, <laughs> we're playing them constantly because um, they're one of the teams we've played more often, than, we've now officially will have played more often than anybody else. But aye, it's just a massive, massive tie.
0: And uh, I think it's a huge reward for the whole club. And uh, we've got a chance. You know? Well, yeah, we have a chance. You know, I, you'd never say never. That was probably, Barcelona aside, probably the hardest tie we, we could have got. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll yeah. have a wee look at, at their team in a moment but um, I'm also one of those guys that goes they wouldn't have wanted us they wouldn't have wanted to draw us we don't want to come nope. to Ibrax we've got the new nope. manager bounce we've we've won uh, what five out of his first six games we drew the other one that was away at Lyon yep. you can see the improvements we've made already they wouldn't have wanted us either no one's saying that we're sitting here as favourites for this tie um, but never say never um, yeah. I think it's I think it's, it's hugely exciting and as you say This is the moment that you will at, but we're back as big players on the European stage. We've played Porto, we've played Benfica, um, big clubs, undoubtedly big clubs with massive European pedigree. But over the last 20, 30 years, certainly the last decade, Routu Dortmund are a a, a bona fide member of the European elite. And and to be playing them, not in a qualifier, not in a group stage, but in knockout competition post-Christmas as well, absolutely wonderful. It, It really is. Um, I know you've been having a wee look at, at Borussia Dortmund and uh, we'll, we'll talk about them a lot, I'm sure, over the next six to eight weeks as we lead up to this tie. But uh, a, a quick rundown of, of maybe the danger men and, and, and the kind of style that they're playing. I, I know they've got this big lurch-type boy up front who's setting the world on fire at the moment.
1: Erling Vost Haaland. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing there's nothing really to fear there. He only it was he scored... The, he came on in his debut against Augsburg. He came off the bench and scored the hat-trick. No, this is mid-season. He joined them. He joined them like in the in the winter transfer window. Um, comes off the bench uh, in a Bundesliga match and and bangs in a hat trick. Nothing like uh, settling in slowly. You know, uh, he's an absolute phenomenon. Um, and one of the th- I, I, again, like my, my stupid reaction yesterday, um, my kind of infantile, you know, retentive reaction was, oh, I don't want, I don't want to see Dortmund again. I want to see somebody I've never seen. Uh, but you know. It's the same with Harland. I was like, oh well, he's. he's I, I just noticed last week. It must have been on Sky Sports News. That I think his his contract's coming to an end. Uh, maybe this season, or he's going to activate a, a release clause. But it, I, I just kind of caught a bit of a headline, you know, before it was actually any you know, direct interest in Dortmund, uh, seeing that he was on his way. And I just thought, well, maybe someone, you know, surely, surely they've got to trigger that uh, clause. Somebody's got to come in and get him in January, you know, and then so we don't have to come up against them in in February, but. No, I, I don't want him to go. I want you want to see the best. You know, you want to yeah. see the best players, and uh, I think uh, big Norwegian that he is. I think uh, maybe a bit of a Scandinavian challenge. Um, I think Philip Hollander will be working out extra hard in the gym and what have you, and getting himself getting himself ready for that one. He will, he will fancy that um, as well. work with entire defence, and I, I, like even if you, even if you, you, you lose Harland, I mean they lost Jade uh, Jaden Sancho. Uh, he went last season after they won the they won the. Uh, the German Cup. I think it'd beat RB Leipzig. They hammered, I think Sancho and Haaland scored a couple each in the German Cup final uh, against RB Leipzig, who are no mugs. But it's, we've got Jude Bellingham, who's the kind of enfant terrible of uh, English football, the like English international scene. Uh, they signed him from uh, Birmingham and he's been highly experienced in the Champions League uh, already. Alex Witzel, uh, the Belgian international um, who is one mean dude. You know, he's uh, probably responsible for the most horrific tackle I've ever seen in my life. Catch that one on YouTube, folks. It's in the uh, the Belgian Derby match, uh, Sander lege against uh, Anderlecht. He, he absolutely just basically uh, snaps the guy's leg uh, horrifically. Um, but he's a, he's a cracking footballer as well, but um, he's, he's not to mess with. And um, we've just seen Jerome Botang. uh I think, I don't know if it's practically his debut for Leon playing against us at Ibrox. You no, know, 2014 World Cup winner with Germany. Uh, and his defensive partner um, in the Maracana that night when they won the World Cup was one Matt Hummels, who's playing for uh, playing for Dortmund. So uh, who've I missed out? Oh, so I have to actually put this. I'm going to put this as a kind of quiz question. Um, Thomas Mounier, who's a right back for uh, the Belgian national team and Germany, absolutely fantastic player. Uh, the Champions League final, of course, Dortmund are coming down from the Champions League. The Champions League final this season was supposed to be played in the Kristofsky Stadium, uh, St. Petersburg. Well, it is going to be played there, but, you know, um, Mounier will no longer be taking part. Um, but if someone can tell me, I don't know if you can see live comments or anything like that, Ross, but uh, if, yeah. someone, if somebody out there can tell me, uh, and I'll reveal at the end of the show, um, if we don't get any answers, what has Thomas Mounier done? in the Krestovsky Stadium, which for the life of me, I can't think of another player. Certainly another European player hasn't done this. Um, it's international football. But the Krestovsky Stadium, St Petersburg, Thomas Mounier has achieved something, I think. Um, I don't think any other Europeans achieved it. I would need to. I'm going to go a deep dive in this uh, myself and try and research it and find out if anybody else in the world has managed something Thomas Mounier has managed. Um, but for... The sake of the the god of football trivia, it would be absolutely magic if you could have if could have played in the European Champions League final uh, in the same stadium as well. It might, have, might have made it even more interesting or boring, depending on your kind of view of these these things. But what I'm trying to say, otherwise, is they're just a team packed full of talent. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, they took they, they took a severe doing off Ajax. Everybody did in the Champions League group <laughs> stages. Um, and Ajax, we just we just took their um, their main man, Dave Voss, who, as we know, yeah. who, um <laughs> even though he's at the youth in the youth team, he probably ran all things Ajax that night. You know, yeah. he's probably responsible uh, for for what happened to them. But um, they don't, they didn't go on well against a, a big Dutch side. What can I tell you? And we have we have now got a big Dutch management uh, influence, so um, they, they won't fancy it. They they, they won't. They wouldn't fancy it as much as they maybe could have against somebody else. But I think, I don't mm-hmm. know, I think we could have, we could have the measure of them in, in a few aspects, Ross. I don't I don't think it's just about, we've got the glamour tie, let's enjoy it because we're, we're on our way out. And the thing that um, we're all, we've all noticed that our record against Dortmund is they've, they've never won at Ibrox. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've only lost once in Dortmund. And the thing I have to say, while I'm rabbiting on here, I just I'm, I'm down a rabbit hole. I got my jabs today. I got my booster jab, um, and they're saying that it could be a you know that could be like bad side effects. But if I take a whitey uh, during this broadcast, if I collapse, it's nothing to do with that. It's because my head is absolutely frazzled with the kind of almost incestuous trivia we have with Borussia Dortmund. We're playing St. Johnston tomorrow night. Right? Tomorrow night we play St. Johnston. But the last time they were at Ibrox. We were beating them, and they equalised in injury time through putting their goalkeeper up for a corner. He knocked it on, Chris Kane scores, and they beat us on penalty. Yesterday, we drew Borussia Dortmund, but the last time we played them, they sent up Jens Lehmann for a corner in injury time. He completely sclaps it, but it falls to Freddie Bobic. they equalize and they beat us on penalties um, to put us out that UEFA Cup. Two play- we were Dutch manager that night, and that's a coincidence, but no... Um, even better, Giovanni van Bronckhorst, or even worse, he misses one of our penalties that night. Yeah, the other guy misses Claudio Reyna. He misses the decisive penalty. Giovanni van Bronckhorst is godson, the godfather to Claudio Reyna's son, who's called Giovanni Reyna, and he plays for Borussia Dortmund. You know what I mean? So, you know who missed the penalty for Dortmund that night? Christian Nerlinger, who then signs for Rangers. <laughs> this is this is before we even get into Stephen Kloss, wasn't it? It was Thomas Myra um, was on Lontes at that time. Stephen Klaus wasn't in goals, thank God, the man who'd won the, the Champions League with, with Dortmund and came to the Rangers. But it got to the point when I was looking up stuff last night to do with this game, and uh, Claudio Rena's wife's called Danielle Egan, I think it is. And I'm thinking, God, Claudio managed, he married Dan Egan. You know who, who, <laughs> scored, who scored for Bromby against Liverpool at Anfield for Steven Gerrard played before he signed for us. So I uh, it's getting a bit out of hands um the, the history of this. But no, I think I think I think we've got a chance, mate. I think we've got an, an outside chance. If
0: nothing else, if we hit me all these stats, we will be bored to death. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just wheel you out for the game. Um <laughs> uh, it is fascinating though. I mean it is um it's it's a wonderful tie and it's a long way away, and there's a lot of football to be played before then. Um hopefully we'll have uh Philip Hollander back because Connor Goldson and Calvin Bassey going up against uh Haaland does give me a, a bit of fear, but uh I I think it's a it'll be a wonderful occasion. Yeah. Um and like I say, they they wouldn't have wanted us. They wouldn't have wanted us either. So let's no, no, no. Uh, let's have it. I, I like I say I've booked my flights to this, I've booked my hotel, I haven't learnt my lesson from Leon. Um I'm just hopeful. The Germans um, do me a favour, maybe if they're listening to Lone. this, they on me for my Leon story. Um, but yeah, do us a favour and, and, and let us go. But speaking of games that we might have an outside chance of, we'll segue to St Johnston. Um, St Johnston, come to to visit Ibrox tomorrow evening, seven forty-five. I think it's only available on on Rangers TV. If you're if you're not able to go to the game, um, Alec, we had the the press conference from the manager, and it it, it seems pretty apparent. We had no Ryan Kent, no Ryan Jack and no Kimar Roof for the game against Hearts. Um, certainly for for Ryan Jack and Kimar Roof, it, it seems that that's probably going to be the case for a, a little while longer. Do you think we might expect to have Ryan Kent back tomorrow evening? Kent? Kent, yes. Right, Kent. I, uh, yeah, just, did Ryan Kent play Sunday? Aye. Did he? I'm I
1: good. think so. I'm pretty sure. I'm, I think I'm... Unless yeah, I'm... Okay. Was it not Ryan Kent that was jumping out of the way of the ball? when? Um, you're right, you're right. I'm uh, thinking of... I'll, of the I'll tell you what's happened no. I'll tell you what's happened, Ross. Um, when we played Dundee, we had um, the, your man himself, Sakala, going down the left-hand side in place of Ryan Kent. That's the um, one. So Sakala appears again on Sunday, and you're thinking, oh, Ryan Kent's going to get dropped. No, he's got him down the right-hand side. Um, I, I think we'll, just now it looks like we're going to manage um, well without... without um, Roof and, and, and Jack, we looked, we're going absolutely fine just now. Um, but I don't, you know, as I've said before, especially in a, especially in a kind of schedule like this, you need as many players as possible uh, available. Um, Ryan Jack, is talking about, I think, coming back, hopefully in the new year, mm-hmm. uh, maybe after the winter break. Uh, but Roof, he's looking to have back before that, you know. Um, just now, it, it's one, we're in one of those moments just now, and I've got to be honest, Alyssa, it's almost too good. To be true for me at the moment, I'm waiting for something to go wrong, which sounds terribly pessimistic. Um, but I think it's I'm going to I'm going back in my word as well. On Friday night, I was in the preview pod for the Hearts game. I was sent to Colin. You know, I think if we win at Time Castle, that's it. New manager bounce is over. But we've, we've made a statement. Away we go. You know, we've arrived, and it's this is Gio's just not going to stop really. But of course, as soon as we did win at Tynecastle, I thought, no, something's still going, this is just going too well almost. There's no, you know, you're waiting for a kind of rough ride somewhere to test it out. And the problem we've got just now is if we drop any points anywhere, um, Celtic keep winning, fair play to them, they're they're, they're doing the business. Um, They keep winning. It's going to look a hell of a lot worse than it is because immediately, you know, we don't know what's going on. Celtic are, are getting a, bit injured, a few injuries themselves, and mm-hmm. for all they've had a good one, of form, I feel they're I feel they're due to hit a bit of a, kind of a sticky patch as well. Um, bedding in so many new players does eventually catch up with you, as, as we well know. But uh, I would like us to have as many players back as possible, and we might, especially just now, the way we're using Klein um, Kamara, I think mm-hmm. he's utterly vital. Um, to, to everything uh, we're doing, It was utterly vital before um, geo arrived, but he's, he's particularly vital to the way the way geo plays things, uh, the way he sets his teams out. Uh, I, I feel as if he needs a hand almost. Maybe uh, right, and I, I can imagine Ryan Jack doing the job, yeah. like Glen Kamara does, um, just as well as, as as well as Steve Davis, um, also slotting in there when when, when needed uh, when he gets back to kind of full fitness. But I am. Um, Just the way Sakala and and Mirella's played together on Sunday, though, just, I mean, it's just given me such hope. You know, it's, it's, they were absolutely sensational. I don't think we knew Sakala had, we're finding new aspects to him all the Mm -hmm. time. And the thing, the thing I'm loving with with Gio is we can't really predict him. You know, here we are on a podcast trying to work out, you know, what's he going to do? You know, and we, and we don't know. And if we don't know, the opposition definitely don't know. Yeah. Against Indy the other week, we're resting, um, Ryan Kent, you know, arresting Steve Davis. And you're thinking, right, that's 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 fine. They're definitely going to play in Leal, But Steve Davis only gets a half and doesn't turn out against um, Hearts. And then uh, Sakala, he's he's left at home. You're thinking, why is he getting left at home? Because Ryan Kent's obviously going to play down the left against Hearts. Well, he, he puts him in the right. And not yeah. only does he put him in the right, he's absolutely fantastic. You know? So, aye. No, I... Uh, I've just had a wee noise from my computer. I'm going to have to plug it back in. You can fill a gap, me.
0: Fair enough. Well, the the <laughs> thing is, is, it is difficult to predict what, what's going to happen. And I can't even remember that Ryan Kent played at the weekend, so there's <laughs> no point asking me. But I, I, I want to kind of probe this Sakala-Morelos thing a wee bit more. And we've spoken about it a couple of times since Gio was come in. But I felt that Sunday against Hearts was, was a, an excellent example of how well those two are playing together. There's actually a really good clip going around of Morelos doing his trademark Moody Alfredo celebration, you know, where it looks like he's throwing a strop after he's just got a wonderful goal. And then he sees Sakala and it breaks out into a big cheesy grin. And they just they seem to have some kind of connection. And whilst you know Morelos is is doing his best work in the box, as we know he does, and Sakala is chipping in from, from wider areas, it, it just seems to to work. I mean, you're you're a man who has a lot more footballing intelligence than I do. Yeah. What is it about that partnership that that works so well?
1: I can maybe uh, m- memorise a few stats every now and then, Ross, but uh, <laughs> if you've ever seen me try to play football, my, my football intelligence is definitely, it's it's it's, uh, it's minimal. Um, no, I I think, I, as I've said before, I think there's a bit of a problem between him, between Morellis and Roof.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: think he loves playing with Sakala. I don't know, you, you're talking there about Alfie's his, his, uh, his celebrations and also just whatever that happened, when he gets subbed off, it looks like he wants to kill everybody and everything. He It's just, just hardly even shaking hands with, with Scott Wright or whoever's coming on for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet by the end of the game, there's been no more goals scored. So he's still kind of the centre of attention. And he's out there being also caring about Glenn Kamara's possible injury. And he's, a few jambles are having a go at him. Um, so yeah. he's up at the Rangers fans, kind of smacking the badge and all that. And... Um, just purely to wind up the, you know, the, the kind of abusive jambos, and it's just, it's just part of that whole kind of spoilt toddler thing that I absolutely love about Alfie. You know, he's, you know, he's, he's a wee shit at times, uh, but it's still hilarious. You know, uh, and you can imagine how a, a serious dude uh, like Ruth, who's played in England, what have you, comes into the dressing room, and Alfie goes a bit kind of, this guy could take my place. You know, this is all mm-hmm. supposition in my, in my deranged head, um, but. Sakala and I, I, I've got to be honest. I don't. I find it. It's it's a kind of it's a kind of trope of white attitudes towards, especially Africans, actual uh, people from Africa. This kind of oh, he's so he's so smiling, he's so happy, and he's so it's it's a bit it's a bit ropey um, culturally. A lot of the attitudes towards um, towards fashion Sakala, but there's no denying he's just there to please. He's there mm-hmm. he's to get the head down. He's not. He doesn't want like a guy who's going to ruffle any feathers, and he's quite willing to work hard and what have you. But whatever the reason, I, I saw it at Livingston the way they linked up last week against the other week against Dundee, they were the flipping two of them were absolutely tremendous. They were frightening um, at times. Um, Sakala piling through, them. that's why I couldn't I, I couldn't believe that he's then on the left, he's on the right hand side on Sunday, and he's even better. If anything, that first goal, the first goal, I mean, he's, he's bringing the ball down quite nicely, quite a nice touch and all that. But it's kind of basic stuff, but he's he got a standing start against Devlin. And he just inside the box and he takes him to the cleaners. He just yeah. walks past him like he's not there. He's then faced up by two more Hearts defenders and there's a third coming in and he just picks out Alfie who has made the run for him. He just stands here cool as you like and just picks out Alfredo brilliantly and Alfredo obviously has moved towards it because he knows what's going to happen. And there's a lovely for guys of my age as soon as I saw Ryan Kent jumping up like that to get out of the way of the ball going in um, it just reminded me of David Cooper scoring in the, the 1977-78 League Cup final against Celtic where uh, uh, Derek Johnson leaps up out of the way as well. and it, was just, it, just, it just added an extra kind of aesthetic, you know, uh, piquancy to the, to the goal. It was absolutely, it was gorgeous. Um, but I, I think there's, that's just one of the many things I think that uh, Gio's done since he arrived. Taking something that was there and was already good and promising and just, and just up to a level and made it yeah. suddenly feel like Fashion Sakala isn't an add-on or somebody we're just hoping works out well anymore. He's a vital part of the club and he's really, really working for us. And his whole game has improved Alfredo's game as well. So uh, it's, uh,
0: it, it's really exciting, Ross. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's turn that attention to St Johnston. Um, a team very much struggling for form. Three wins all season. Uh, they've lost their last three. One win in the last five, I think. Um, importantly, bottom of the table, um, and they've only scored nine goals all season, albeit they have only conceded sixteen. So maybe, um, maybe let's start there. What do Rangers need to do to break down a, a, a defense that isn't actually giving up that many goals? I know this that is that isn't it? We're playing the uh, the best team in Scotland last season. You know who
1: who won that yeah. domestic treble of uh, Scottish Cup, League Cup, and making the top six in the final day of the season. That's the the well worn path to glory in Scotland. Um, we're, already, we're already doing better than them in the cups this season though, because we went out in the league cup a whole 24 hours later than they did <laughs> this season. Um but they are a pain in the arse, St. Johnson, to us. Yeah. They have been since we come back up top. Um put us out, was it the League Cup, I think, midweek, uh, under Warburton. And uh, um, you know, they the, the beat us in the league. I remember one dark Saturday around at this time of year as well. Uh, Tommy Wright, Tommy Wright was a manager. And last season they just get worse and worse for us. We beat them three 0 at Ibrox early on. Then we beat them three 0 up at, up at uh, McDermott in a smashing we display a really easy, easy win that we we actually had to fight hard for physically. There's a lot of kind of rough stuff going on, but we 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 got it out of them um, on the day at uh, the middle of a, middle of a really busy schedule at uh, this time of year. And then in the February, I, I was thinking about this today. I could not really remember. Had you scored the only goal of the game? We beat them at Ibrox February thing. And I don't remember much about it, again, but I think that was the day, that was the night that a lot of fans couldn't get on. Rangers TV kept cutting out, you know, because obviously the stadium yeah. was shut, we're still in the middle of shutdown. And it was like a strange atmosphere of, um, because we've all been communicating as a support on social media, knowing that guys were, weren't getting on to Rangers TV while I was watching, it was almost a bit like you're in the ground, but your mates aren't. You know, it was quite, yeah. it was quite a weird thing, and it affected the concentration, but... We, did, we beat them 1-0 and then, of course, we, that, that league game where we're beating them um, we a kind of reserve team. We'd already won the title. I was obsessed with us finishing the season, getting this defensive record. We can only yeah. afford to concede two more goals um, to get this British defensive record and to go unbeaten. Other folk were more interesting as winning the Scottish Cup, probably quite rightly, and we were playing St. Johnson the following Sunday. You know, we're playing them in the midweek we're playing them again on Sunday at Ibrox. We're up at McDermott and... Uh, we we gave them basically a penalty with the last kick of the ball, ninety yeah. fourth um, minute, and then they come to Ibrox and it's, uh, it's <laughs> that Scottish Cup match where we can uh, the only the only team to the only domestic side to avoid defeat over ninety minutes at Ibrooks last season, and then just an absolute horror show uh, at <laughs> that last minute. Yeah. Um, I, I I I don't really know uh, what happened that day, but I think St. John'son, all joking aside, did have a bit of magic about them. Uh, last season and they do have a bit of steel um, Sean Rooney I don't wh- what does Sean Rooney do is he a fullback is he a is he a marauding centre half this is a guy who scored the winner in both National Cup finals last season yeah within like ten, into the same net both in 1-0 wins within like 10 seconds like 31 minutes 50 seconds in the League Cup final against Livingston, and then 31 minute, you know 32 minutes or something in the, in the, the Scottish Cup final um, against Hibs um, a guy who's from Bells Hill by the way and Eric Black also from Bells Hill done the same thing for Aberdeen He scored winners in the Scottish Cup League Cup final but uh, I digress because I don't really want to talk about St Johnson because they're horrible um, <laughs> this, and I've had this whole thing all season which has been bearing fruit that theory of mine that I prefer Rangers to play teams who are on form you know, uh, domestically especially in, in Scotland, because you get that feeling that teams are saving themselves for playing Rangers. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, uh, I don't think they are. You know, but it's just a kind of a subconscious thing, and it's been working out well. Hearts are on form, and D were on form. We beat them. Um, St Johnson aren't. You know, yeah. they, they they really aren't, and uh, they're raging. The way they lost on Saturday, they're quite right to be raging. Uh, the Aberdeen scoring with a, like a basketball move almost the way the guy brought the ball down with his hand uh, before <laughs> before slotting it in. Um, they've signed a chap. Um, Jacob Butterfield, who sounds quite appropriately for this time of year, he sounds like a kind of like a character in him from um, a Dickensian novel. You know, uh, he's, <laughs> I don't know what he's going to do, but he's, he's Jacob Butterfield. He's a midfielder and he's, I think he's played for every club in the English Championship, but they got him, like a, he's, I think he's basically a free agent just now. he been playing in the, the A-League. Um, so but that's an unknown factor. He's going to come in and do something for them uh, to make up for the loss of Wotherspoon. But I, I think they've got work. They're always organised. They're always do. They're always physical. They've got a lot of experienced players. And they've got that weird thing with their biggest goal threat is their kind of fullback, back centre-half, Sean Rooney, and their goalkeepers, Andrew Clark. So yeah. uh, <laughs> I just hope it's a continuation of what we've been doing, uh, Ross, where we've been quite common sense under Gio. Mm-hmm. The only time we haven't won is a way to Leon. Well, that's not that's somebody you're not expected to win. Yeah. Um, we played Dundee Ibrooks. We've run over the top of them three now. so I'm, I'm hoping it's a continuation of that. Where because we need to get this will be the first time we've won three home league games in the trot this season, and that's something we need to get going. But um, I, I, if it's if it's going to go wrong for Geo, so I think this is the kind of game where we could we could trip up. But the yeah. form we're in just now, I think it actually be difficult for us to stop. We're, we're, we're going we're, we're so kind of forward going just now. Momentum's you know really going to carry us through a couple of games. I think before we actually hit any real problems.
0: But it's, it's funny, isn't it? We, we started this season, we dropped a few points, uh, a few more than we did last year. Um, but we spoke about how on, on the whole, we were, we were still picking up wins and we were still top of the league. Um, but we spoke about how clubs go through patches of form and patches where they're not playing so well, but they'll still scrape together some results and they might drop some points here and there. And we mentioned that at, at some point, this Rangers side is going to come good. And actually the consensus, I think, was if there's a time to come good, it's this sort of November into December, into the new year run, and then take the winter break to, uh, I guess, recuperate and and go again for the second half of the season. If this is us coming good and and trying to, you know, replicate the form that we showed at the first first stage of last season, when we set all of those records and uh, so many games, uh, well, so many games winning other than that one uh, draw with Livingston, so many games of clean sheets. If we can replicate that now, up until the new year and, and, and the old firm game on the second. What a strong position that puts us in um, to go on in the second half of the season. So I, I agree. It's the kind of game that I think all football fans are smart enough to go. We've, we've beaten teams like Hearts. We've had a wonderful result against Leon. Um, football fans are smart enough to know that actually the home game against the site that's bottom of the league that's only scored nine goals all year, that's the one to worry about. But I agree that the feel-good factor that's come from Gio coming in, the way that he's setting up the team, um, we weren't scoring enough goals this season under Stephen Gerrard. Oh, that was our main problem. We weren't scoring enough goals. And that's changed. That's absolutely changed. Yeah. But one thing that perhaps hasn't changed is that we still at times on Sunday, if we think back to Hearts, we still did look defensively fragile in the first couple of minutes. Liam Boyce gets in and, and, and McGregor has to uh, dig us out. Uh, almost another Calvin Bassey-owned goal, a couple of other saves in the second half from, from Alan McGregor as well. We still at times look defensively fragile. Does that worry you coming into tomorrow night's game or, or do you take some comfort from the fact that St. Johnston don't seem to be able to find the net anywhere at the moment?
1: Yeah, I, I'm worried by how unworried I am, Ross. That's the, that's the thing. I, I'm doing that kind of counterintuitive thing of trying to think about how things can go wrong because... You know, I just feel I feel gen- a genuinely base level so good just now uh, about the way we the way we've been playing. I was hoping that that was was what it what was going to happen. What you're talking about, they're hitting the form at the right time. Is what was going to happen under Stephen Gerrard, and before he left, we beat Ross County four two. Um, we basically gave them a goal towards the end because yeah. we made so many kind of real substitutions just to get guys on, just to get. like We played Nathan Parsons on the left and stuff like that, yeah. uh, and we'd beat Motherwell six-one at Fir Park. So it looked like we we're kind of turning things around the corner. I think the League Cup final is just uh, is down to the, the timing. I think that was the players just got themselves psychologically confused that day. They wanted to prove that it wasn't all about Gerard, and I think they've just got themselves, you know, kind of mixed up mentally, and it's just gone. It's just gone south. Um but just now it looks like this was the time we wanted to hit form. You always look it, it will be spoiled because of last season, when we went through this whole period winning every league game. You know, we basically go, I think it's eight league games, first of first of December to second January. Um we're looking at we've already won, we've won the first three. Um, and the, that's including Easter Road and Tynecastle, as you're saying, without without losing a without losing a goal. Um I'm looking at I'm still trying to look at it as kind of a bit kind of mending the roof uh, where the sun shines we've got these points in the bag that's fine sure. now we can maybe not afford but it won't be as bad if we lose something at Pataudry Aberdeen a bit of form they always fancy us up there um, we've all, and you know it just apart from it, Celtic at Parkhead apart from me the thing that scares me most about Celtic at Parkhead in fact to be honest dangerously it's the only thing that scares me about them just now is just the sheer weight of numbers just the statistics we, it just doesn't feel that we can go that long not losing, you know, not losing to Celtic or not even drawing with them uh, when it counts. We've just been so good against Celtic the past couple of years.
0: Yeah.
1: That you feel it has to come to an end at some point and it doesn't, it doesn't have to come to an end. We've been, I think if you include the Livingston game, uh, first game of the season, that was the 31st of July. If you want really to count that as July, I think we've dropped points on average one game per calendar month. And I think we can afford to do that all season and, and we, we win, we'll win this league. But it depends on who we drop the points against. And um I think if we could drop the points at Petodre, we're then going to go and have something to prove and we go to Parkhead, it might end up working out well. And if we if we can if we can even if we get a draw at Parkhead, depending on how that draw is arrived at, you know, if we're doing the equalising, you know, if maybe be the man down or something, then it's if it comes at a moral victory, it's just as good. Um, um as long as we're picking up points along the way, that will that'll put Celtic back, that'll put them in a tailspin, I think. So mm-hmm. I think it's this run of games is actually really dangerous, but also really encouraging. We've got three home games that don't look on paper anywhere near as dangerous as the ones that have already come through in Edinburgh uh, are the ones we've got coming up at the end of the year. But we really need to be... These, these are the ones I think we're work we're calm. This is where we, we do the work. I'd be happy to be 3-1-0, mate. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think... I, I think our defence is... You've just got to look at it. We've lost one goal in Europe. We've lost one goal uh, domestically in the six games under Geo, we went six six games in the trot. We lost the first goal. We've now gone six games in the trot, scoring the first goal. Mm-hmm. We've never been behind under them. And I think that we've got to take that form right through these three home games. And then I won't be I won't be too worried if we win these three home games. What happens at Bittodri or or Parkhead?
0: Yeah, absolutely. But well, I think tomorrow it has the potential to be a stuffy encounter, um, and that early goal would be. Ideal will need creativity. There's a good comment in the chat here saying that it might be a game for Bakuna to start. I absolutely agree with that. I think he's I he, was, he was great against Leon and his wee, yeah. his wee cameo against Leon. He's lovely. Yeah, yeah I agree. He played uh, last game I was at Iberts for, I think it was the, um, the Ross County game, Gerard's last game. I thought he played really well there, took his goal really nicely. Very yeah. creative player. So I agree. I think it might well be a good, a good opportunity to get him in. Alec, I think it's uh, we've probably rabbited on long enough about Dortmund and about St Johnston, so we'll, we'll call it and a yet there. I don't feel as if I have, I don't feel as, no. as if I have somehow. surely. <laughs> um, before we wrap it up, would you like we have had a couple of answers in the chat here? Um, Thomas Meunier, would you like to put everyone out there, mystery and, and let us know your wee fact? Well, he scored um, in the third, fourth place playoff
1: in the 2018 World Cup, um, which was the, the last match Belgium played in the the, the World Cup. Um, He scored in that game in 2018 at the Kostovsky Stadium, St. Petersburg. And then the first game Belgium played in uh, the Euro 2020 was in a 3-0 win against Russia at the Kostovsky Stadium in St. Petersburg. And I think that must be the first time, it might be the first time any national team has played the last game at one major tournament in the same stadium as their uh, first game at the next major tournament. And he certainly must be the only player uh, to, have, to have scored in both in both those games. You know, so a lot of people were noticing that Mounier was the first man ever to score against Russia in the, in the Euros. He was the first man ever to score um, as a first-half substitute in the Euros, in the European Championship Finals. But for me, it was, noise. He's, he's actually scored in the same stadium in the last game at one major finals, first game in the next major finals. So if any, if, that's, if anybody else has done that, you know any other country has, has played those two games in the same stadium, just just let me know. And uh, I promise to shut up next time I'm on. There we go.
0: Well, I hope that everyone kind of enjoyed trying to figure that out. Um, and yeah, very insightful as always. Sure. Alec, a massive, uh, a massive thank you for giving up your evening. Uh, a big thanks as well to everyone who's, who's joined in, in the chat this evening. It's uh, very much appreciated. And thank you for for giving us your time. The Gersnet podcast, as always, will be back on Sunday for our, our, our main show. Um, I'm sure we'll try and squeeze out a wee preview on uh, on, on Friday as well, looking ahead to the weekend's action. Please do join us for that same time, same place. That's on the jazznet YouTube channel and as always, the podcast is available for download the following day. Uh, I think that's pretty much wrapping everything up for us. Enjoy the game tomorrow night and... Uh,